0: guys, welcome back to the Be That Create That social channel where we are having conversations with women from all over the world who are making an impact with their leadership in the way that they want to make a difference, which I love today's guest, Rebecca. I'm going to bring her on so that she can share with you how she's helping people find their style with the clothes that they already own. Um, We've already had a great conversation ahead of time and I can't wait for you guys to meet her. So I'm going to go ahead and bring her from backstage. Here we are. Hello. Hello. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So um, why don't you just go ahead? Because obviously you know more about you than I do. So why don't you share,
1: you know, something you're passionate about and how you got to where you're at right now? For sure. Um, so I mean, I'm passionate about fashion. I've always been interested in fashion. When I was just a wee child, I started putting the clothes together with duct tape and making my my whole wardrobe of random things. Uh, since then I went to fashion school and so I ditched the duct tape and got good at using a sewing machine. I'm a classic. I feel like ditch the duct tape is definitely your next workshop. (laughs) I I, I probably should host a sewing workshop at one point with that title. Um, but yeah, so I'm a classically trained fashion designer. I went to school in New York and in Paris, uh, out of Ottawa, Ontario. Um, And since then, I've realized that fashion has a lot more to do with your identity and who you are, and you can use it as tools to make yourself feel better, which is how I got into finding your personal style with the clothes you already own, because I'm a full believer is in you don't buy clothes that you don't like on some level, which means Mm -hmm. that buried under the sale pieces, the pieces your mom gave you. And everything else is your style in your closet. So that's why I always say we have to get into your closet before you can add anything new.
0: I love that. And are you doing that mostly with people, obviously, online and through video? How does that work?
1: I do a lot of it in person. So um, I go to their physical closet and we hang out in your wardrobe. Now, I have done a few of them online. It's just a different experience to be talking to a video camera and trying on clothes Um, because it is a lot of how do you feel in the garments that you're wearing and how are these garments making you feel. So to combat the whole, I'm an in-person service, I actually created a style journal. And this was, it's an in-depth like pop psychology journal that gets you really into what do you want to feel when you get dressed and how do you want the world to perceive you? Because to this day, a picture is worth a thousand words.
0: Still, yeah. So when we are talking on this podcast and these social channels for the most part, we're talking about really leading ourselves, which confidence has a lot to do with that. Our style has a lot to do that with that. But when you're thinking of like the word leader
1: or the word leadership, what what do you really think of? Like how would you describe that to somebody? When I describe a leader, it's someone who's willing to get into the mud with you and who's willing to work even in a situation where they don't want to. So that's always how I've seen a leader, which is why I am able to do everything that I train other people to do. Um, and it's had the leaders that I respected the most in when I was working at some of my other jobs, where they were like, I'm in it with you. I can see what you need and I'm one step ahead of you. That's always what really drew me to a good leader is that they they knew what was going on, but they knew enough to also delegate. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I can also see that like, if you're helping people with their style, people who kind of already, I'm sure you have two sides, people who already know what they want and people who are like, please just tell me what I want. So how do you, um, how do you tackle those
1: two types? The people that are, tell me what I want are not the people who are ready for me yet, because I can't tell you what feels good on your body. I can help you work through some of the, I call them issues that you have to work through. So, I mean, I've had clients who have had massive trauma and we can kind of work through it with, by understanding the words that they're saying. If you're holding on to a button down blouse because of an emergency, that's not a type of phrase you would use when you're talking about clothing. So at that point we step away from the closet and we have a conversation what what are you going through what are you holding on to these for and usually we can talk it out to the point where it's not actually about the clothes themselves it's about how you're feeling because objectively there are a million styles that would look good on every single body shape every single body type every single habit it's not about that it's about building a style that fits your personal lifestyle so the habits that you were building You can use clothes as triggers to help you with the habits that you're currently building. Your personal vibe, that includes everything you've gone through with your family, with how you grew up, with where you grew up. And then also, um, you have to put in a little bit of energy into the body shape you have. So...
0: I think that I also sometimes, so I worked for a clothing company for eight years and that clothing company, you know, we got a great discount and we also, you know, got to see the latest and greatest trends that the company wanted to put out. Um, So I definitely shopped more at that time. And on a daily basis, I was putting together outfits for hundreds of women and myself kind of at the same time. So I feel like during that time period, I was much more like free with my style because I was in it every single day. But I feel like now I'm almost in the situation because it's been maybe four years since I was with that company. And I have not done a ton of shopping since then. But I also kind of feel like you don't know what you don't know at this point. (laughs) So maybe share, you know, the importance or the non-importance of staying up with trends when you're thinking about your style.
1: I think that it depends on if you find it fun. Like clearly you had a good time at that clothing store or uh, or clothing shop um, and you had fun dressing these people and you enjoyed that experience. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. If you're that person who's like, oh, my God, I hate clothes. Like my closet is just there to house the pieces that I need because I can't go out naked. Cool. If you're that person who's like absolutely not, then have a small capsule of you have the clothes that you feel the best in for every type of mood. So you have your comfort clothes. You have your confidence clothes. You have your everyday. I'm going to the gym and then I'm picking up my kid and I have to I'm working from home clothes. And that's your style for right now, because that's what your energy is being put into people who have a really stressful job, kids under the age of three. And if they don't like clothing and getting creative with that, it's not the time to really focus on your personal style. I always say the time to focus on your personal style is when you're ready to level up, when you're ready for the world to see you differently or for you to see yourself differently. Now, Again, if you enjoy it and it's something that you get a lot of fun out of getting dressed for 15 minutes and playing with different styles and textures, then absolutely take that time for self-care. My thing is, and the only thing I will say that's important, is to get dressed. And I don't care if that means taking off your pajamas and putting on a sweatsuit. You have to give yourself the physical trigger of it is time to start working, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. I
0: definitely have that every morning, you know, especially my mornings that I'm working from home, like today, where I, I get up at five, I come in here, I do some of my morning routine. Um, and then I could just, I mean, I could have still been in what I slept in to do an interview with you at this point, if I had not been like, I need to get ready for my day you know, and show up as that person who I'm wanting to become and I'm wanting to put out into the world. So yeah, I would agree that one of the, you know, one of the main things is like, I think it was at Mary Kay that said, um, get up, dress up, show up. Was that a Mary Kay? I think so. Yeah. The (laughs) quote sounds
1: familiar. I just don't remember exactly how you said it.
0: Yeah. So speaking of morning routine, um, what is something that you would say? um, We talk a lot about that in the community and, and how a morning routine can be very individualized. And of course, not everybody's morning people. So I know that. However, what is something that is a non-negotiable in your day that makes you feel successful or like you've accomplished something in the day?
1: I take 15 to 20 minutes and I read every morning. So Mm. that's, I am, I'm not a morning person. I'm a, like, if I have to get out of bed, I will person, but I don't go on my phone. My phone and my bed are, are non-negotiable. They do not go together. Mm -hmm. So I don't touch my phone until after I'm finished reading. And that's probably more of the non-negotiable rather than the actual reading. But I find that if I throw a bunch of dopamine first thing in the morning, I feel scattered the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. I would also say that, you know, my feeling
0: with the phone is the second that we pick it up, we're reacting to everything that everybody else wants from us or is expecting or has happened or what have you, where if I wait until I've planned out my day or I wait until I've gotten some things done that are on my list. And then I'm like, okay, I I've, created before I've consumed is how I've heard it before too. So I agree, like within the first hour, two hours, even um, putting it down and just saying like, "This, this is not the time for this right now, or having it completely separate. Like what you're talking about is definitely, I mean, that's a trigger moment, right? How many times a day do we pick our phones up and just to look at it, just to find something to react to?
1: Exactly. So as much as I can, I also hide my phone when I'm in a work sprint so, like, I will put my phone in another room in, in usually a place that I don't normally put it down and then walk away and get to working. Um, and I find that that definitely helps because at one point I'll be like, oh, yeah, my phone. And I'll go try and find it in the other room. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, so we talked a little bit too, um, on something that you have had going on here recently, as you're talking about, you know, you choose a book to read for 15, 20 minutes in the morning. Mm -hmm. You have, congratulations, co-authored a book as well recently. Yes, I have. Thank you. So why don't you maybe describe the book for us and kind of share what
1: your, um, participation in it was. Absolutely. So it is a co-authored book. There's, I think, 16 authors of it. We are all women who wrote many stories about four teens and young adults about how to navigate in the human experience. Um, so each one of us comes from a very different background. My chapter is all about finding your personal style when the world is telling you this is what you should look like. And you're going to, like we just mentioned social media, Social media will tell us that these are the trends and this is what you should do. And when you're a young adult, you also maybe not have as much money, time, your parents are still buying you clothes. All of these things are popping up and it's really an interesting point in your development when you're trying to figure out what you want to say to the world, Mm -hmm. because essentially that's what clothing is. We're finding ways to talk without having to speak. So that is what my chapter is. And I give a few little journal prompts. I give some exercises into how you can take control of your style when it seems like the entire world is trying to control it. Mm-hmm.
0: So you have a, a journal that accompanies it as well, right? So we'll make sure we get that stuff in the, in the show notes for everybody. And then just as you're so was this the first time that you co-authored a book? Yeah, it was. Was the experience kind of what you thought that it would be? Or if not, how was it a little different?
1: The experience was different in that I didn't realize how much joint work was going to be there. Like I wasn't really expecting a lot of group projects. Like I mentioned, I mean, I'm in fashion. I have a fashion brand. I work alone a lot and I'm good at working alone. So working with a team was definitely interesting and getting other people's feedback was great but you do have to be open to receiving that feedback and when i realized that they were giving instructive feedback i was much more open than oh my god why are they just why why are they telling me i'm everything i'm doing is wrong so mm-hmm. yeah like, oh, this was my chapter and i'm like no, no no like they're trying to help me and when i was able to um get my head wrapped around that it was a lot easier <laughs>
0: That's awesome. And I think it's that way in feedback anywhere. I just had a conversation like this with someone at our restaurant yesterday where I was like, if you go and you ask for the feedback or you're having an open conversation, you you want to be ready for that feedback because the fact that the person's giving it to you shows that they care and value about you, you know, value you. If they don't have feedback to give you, then that tells you something different you know and with a leader always being in continuous growth you gotta expect some sort of feedback from your 360 for
1: sure oh yeah and I mean the whole process took over a year I think that was another thing that people don't really mention is that the for the process from concept to finished book tangible book is about a year long and Mm -hmm. so on the flip side of having this team was you have a bunch of people who are also keeping you hyped up and on deadlines because you know, a deadline three months out doesn't seem as important as a deadline that's tomorrow. But Mm -hmm. when you're writing, it's not something that you can really rush either. So,
0: yeah, one of the books that I'm co-authoring right now, um, there's 12 of us, and that's been a year and a half plus project. And
1: mm-hmm. then I
0: just finished a co-author book with Kimberly Olson. Um, and that had 40 authors, oh and God. her team was so amazing, it took three months. Oh, I wow. wrote my chapter in May and it published July 7th. It was amazing. There so um, but both experiences I learned so much. From how to launch it once it comes out to, you know, my, even my own personal writing style. And yeah. I feel like, and maybe you feel this way too, after you did the co author, are you almost like, I could do this? I could do a solo book. Yeah.
1: Oh, I started writing out uh, just an outline for my chapter. And 16 pages into the outline, I was like, I think. <laughs> think this is going to be different. I think that I need to tone this down for a single chapter where I have a, you know, a page count limit. So I accidentally outlined my other book before writing my co-author book, but
0: I love that. So it just kind of, it just kind of came out and there's another opportunity for you to get that impact out.
1: That's awesome. There's just, there's not a lot of, of research done on the psychology of clothing. And so and especially not coming from a fashion background, there's some, there's about two or three fashion psychologists who come from a psychology background who are interested in fashion, but not the other way around. And mm-hmm. so there's, it, it just sort of poured out where I was like, and this, and this, and like my experience with this client and this client. Um, so it was a really interesting uh, exercise to do. Just kind of let your mind get out on paper. I love that. And I'll
0: make sure again that we put the book and the the guided journal down in the show notes for us.
1: So I'm
0: going to make sure that we have on there, what is the best way for people to engage with you after they've, you know, had the chance to get to know you a little bit. And obviously, you'll be in our Facebook community as well. So what is the best way for them to be able to follow you interact or see the great stuff that you're doing right now?
1: if you want to interact with me I'd love that. I, my Instagram handle is Rebecca rebeccarow.ca. It's the same as my website. So if you want more information about what I do, I post blogs and how-tos on my website. Um but I'm active on my Instagram. So if you did want to just like chat in the DMs with me, I'd love that. Um I post occasionally on TikTok, but you know I'm not as good on the social media as you are. <laughs>
0: I get it. No, I have a TikTok as well and It's very sporadic because I fought it for so long. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had a VA that was like, I can make you some really quick little snippets and I'll just make you a folder. And when you feel like it, put those up. And I was like, oh, I can do that. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So I did do that um, for a while. And then some of my Instagram reels, I would just repurpose over to TikTok. And then I got to the point where I was like, this isn't fun for me. I like doing my interviews and my trainings a lot more. So that stuff is just kind of icing on the cake for me. But um, interacting like this and really building that network and being able to you know, really introduce people throughout the couple communities that I'm in feels more important to me. And I, you know, there's not going to be everything in your business to do that you absolutely love, but I feel like the stuff you absolutely love, you got to do those things.
1: Exactly. So, Mm -hmm.
0: well, thank you so much for being on with us today. Um, my last question, I suppose, since I've had you on hot seat for 18 minutes (laughs) is, is there anything specific that maybe you want to ask me or, um, something that you're creating right now that maybe we can help you with?
1: Yeah. I would like to ask how you would, um, coach someone who's a multi-passionate or who has multiple areas that they have in their business. Um,
0: I would raise my hand and say, yep, me too. (laughs) Because the the question I get rather often is, um, because I'm kind of stretched in different ways, is how do you do it all? And I would say the biggest thing that I would suggest for someone is to do time blocking. And if time blocking is something that you already do, another person has suggested to me, and I'm doing this now, is really dividing the days. So like I'm in my restaurant most weeks on Monday, And like Thursday through Sunday at sporadic times. But Wednesday is specifically like everything that has to do with my interviewing and podcasting and coaching, anything I have to record. And then on Tuesdays, um, a lot of times that's kind of a flex day for me until the school year starts. So you can time block in your day if you feel like you can do that, or you can really break it down by the day. Um, I always have a running to-do list in my planner and um if you've read the book the 1% and he talks about how you know if you're getting 1% better at something every day by the end of the year you're 365% better right so one of his suggestions in there for those of us that like to check things off is to come up with your top 4 goals that are going to help you move the needle forward and once you get done with those top 4 everything else that you get done really is gravy and it's a momentum builder for you it makes you really feel like I got my top four things done today and everything else is extra and I, and I can move on feeling like I'm someone who gets something done. Nice. So I would say probably those
1: three things have been the things that have helped me the most. Those are some solid suggestions. And I'm going to take the, the blocking of the days. So that was For sure, it. that
0: um, that has been helpful because I don't um, I don't transition roles very easily. Kind of similar how you were talking about trying to find your phone. Yeah. Um, if I'm distracted by something, I, it takes me a while to get back in the momentum of what I was working on. So yeah. I really try to do large time blocks, and I also try to focus on one business at a time.
1: Yeah, cool, mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Good. Well, that was a great question. Um, Thank you so much for being on with us today. Good. You are doing some great stuff. I can't wait to share that book with my daughter because, you know, like I said earlier, she's at that cusp. She's at 11 years old, but I feel like she's already kind of going through some of those preteen style issues. Um, So I can't wait to share some of your ideas with her as well.
1: Awesome. I hope she enjoys it.
0: All right, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode on the Be That, Create That channel, and we look forward to seeing you again. Until then, just remember that you're creating that leadership lifestyle with every decision that you make, whether it goes from style or it's what we're having for breakfast, what we're doing in the morning, or are we choosing to hang out with some friends. So get out there, make an impact, make a difference, and we'll see you soon.